Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our evening with medium events coming up on December 4th, 2020 at the Hampton Inn by Hilton. Mm -hmm. Um, Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com at no risk to any of you wanting to purchase them. Just meaning that if we do need to cancel with regards to COVID, you will be fully reimbursed. Um, Nothing will be lost in the process, which is great. Yeah. That's right. Uh, We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are short shows. They're usually about 10 to 15 minutes, but the one coming up in September, mm -mm, not so much. (laughs) They're about half an hour each. And in that series on Sips of Sanity, we pick emotional and spiritual intelligence tools, and Kelly and I put them together and give them to you quickly. I will as quickly and succinctly as we can. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the very first show is always free, and it's available at the website, by sarlo.com. The remaining four shows that go with that series that airs the very first week of every single month is found at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. Yeah, so that platform is a paid membership um kind of situation. And there's a bunch of different tiers you can opt Mm -hmm. in and out of uh, with different benefits. So uh, Sips of Sanity is just one of those benefits. We also do uh, monthly draws for free sessions. We also do mini interviews. Mm -hmm. We teach people how to journey. Um, There's quite a lot that you can get out of there and it's no commitment past a month, which is really nice. Yeah. And you really do get to see our humor and our interactions and we answer um, your questions as either a client or as a uh, as a listener mm-hmm. and someone who's participating in the tiers, so it's it's effective yeah. for your growth. Yeah, and very interactive. Um, so just before we jump into today's show, though, we do have gift certificates available for purchase if you're looking to do that um, for anyone special in your life. We have e-certificates that are sent out right now because nothing is uh, contact mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. So no matter where you are in the world, you can request those, pay for those, and we can send them out to you via email. And those are non, pardon me, they don't have an expiry date. So yeah. you don't have to rush or worry If you're looking to wait this out and come in person, if you're receiving a gift certificate, that's fine. Um, You don't have to uh, hesitate to purchase the gift certificate thinking they won't get in on time. And having said that, we're also doing all of our personal sessions via distance at the moment. Skype, FaceTime, telephone, Zoom, WhatsApp, um, or brand new ones that you're wanting to introduce to us as well. Those Mm -hmm. can happen anywhere in the world on our time zones. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, those are just as efficient, just as effective, and we're happy happy to be providing that um, in and amongst all of this chaos. Yeah. I just did Theralink for the first time, another new one. Mm-hmm. So we just keep adding as people tell us about some of them. Okay, mm-hmm. let's start today's show for them. Um, I have a female client, mm-hmm. and... Can you please provide a name? Yes. Did I make <laughs> enough of a stink last week? <laughs> um, okay. Provide a name. Hannah. Oh, okay. So Hannah, um, age-wise, I, I would say is probably in her 50s or 60s. Um, her session is an open session. So when we, when she says what she wants, she gives me no boundaries. And she says, just go wide open. And I just get sucked right through a vortex and into a past life. Nice. It was. So I asked her if that was okay, because, you know, she did say yes to open, but sometimes clients say open, meaning I'll listen to anything as long as you tell me what I want to know. 
know, and the list that I've made in my head or on paper, but I'm not telling you about. Yep. <laughs> so there, there's different versions of an open session. So I checked in with her and I said, I've got a past life here. Is this something that you truly are open to hearing? And she said, absolutely. So I'm going to tell you about her past life and how it has repeated in her current life, Mm -hmm. which I think the viewers listening to this might think, okay, does it? Why would you do that? Isn't that just wasting time? No, it was super relevant. And I find that the way that you and I do past lives for people is always a relevant thing for the current lifetime and why the person is actually calling Mm -hmm. or seeking the appointment. It's not to say, oh, you were a queen (laughs) or, oh, you, like, if you're not a queen in this lifetime or you don't have some of the same issues. So anyway, Hannah. So anyway. Yeah, let's move into Hannah's life. Um, In her past life, she showed me like a movie. So if somebody says, well, how do you get that? How How do Karen and Kelly get past lives anyway? They look like movies. Um, So sometimes it's like you can see them on a TV screen, if you want to word it that way. Um, But in your your mind, so if somebody says, is it like imagination? I would say yes, but stronger. And now I've also figured out, and I think you have very much, that we can get into them to actually ask questions and figure out the meanings. You, You think I've done that? Oh, thousands of times. (laughs) and that your guides um, answer the questions for you about it, their soul does, so that it's still interactive and relevant. So Hannah's life. She has a huge family. She's a middle child. Um, Both parents are alive. And Hannah is very much treated like the maid of the family. She's very much um, the one that has to do the cooking and the cleaning for the siblings and her parents. Her parents do go to work, and her siblings are capable of carrying their own load. Hmm. They are capable of splitting up all of the things that need to get done in the home while their parents are at work. And, And I'm going to say after school hours, because she does go to school like her siblings do. She's just expected that once she gets home from school, that she's going to do all of these things to keep the family unit moving, to keep the needs met. And so I said to the guides, like, does she do this year round or does this change? You know, so if there's snow on the ground, does she do the shoveling or do do the other siblings, whether they're male or female? Mm-hmm. No. Her parents and her siblings expect her to do pretty much all of it. If they want to, they participate. So you do see sometimes there's some participation, but it's not consistent. And if it's not done properly, she's the one that gets in trouble, not the other siblings, even if they have helped. Mm. So there is over-responsibility put on Hannah's shoulders or in her life which creates patterns for her. Of massive control. Yeah, and, and having to be 
over-responsible in jobs and in other relationships where she moves into a marriage where she continues that. And she picks a partner who is under-responsible because, well, I won't just say because, but when I look when I look at his life, he's under-responsible because he's the baby of the family and that his parents and siblings spoil him. Mm-hmm. Well, the, interesting, because last week you were talking about, you know, how, how do parents look at their children and think, I'll let this one get away with things, but not this one. You mentioned gender. I mentioned birth order. Yes. And I think a lot of people, no matter where you are situated in the family, are going, yep. Yeah, that's good. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for reminding me of that. So she picks a partner who is under-responsible because of gender and birth order in the family, where... He is accountable at work. He is accountable to his friends and to his other members of the family. But in his own home, he's under-accountable. He's under-responsible. And she is over. So (laughs) I think that's interesting because that's a fit, right? Of sorts. Yeah, of sorts until, until one of them is looking for a change, until one of them is unhappy. Mm-hmm. until one of them is fatigued or might see in other relationships at work or at home or on a TV show that there are better options out there. Mm-hmm. So her her pattern here that plays out in her marriage and in her life, and I'll say too, to a great degree in friendships where she feels or she takes on the responsibility to organize a party, or um, as the friend group all has different birthdays, all the friends just sit back and think, she'll pick up the gift on the card and we'll just e-transfer her the money. So she's over-accountable even to that degree. Mm -hmm. And the friend group itself can do things like that to her because they know her story. They know when she sits down or arrives late, that she's been over-responsible at home with the kids and the family. And I won't say they do it consciously. Maybe some do, but even subconsciously, they know she's over-responsible, so she'll, she'll, she'll get that stuff. So when they sit down to do things, even in groups, if, if nobody shows up with a gift and she doesn't, she thinks, I'm not doing it, or she just forgets, or she didn't know about the birthday, they all look at her like, what? Mm-hmm. And so they put it on her and shame her. So she lives quite a bit of her life with shame. She lives quite a, quite a bit of her life with a sore back, with sore hips, with sore muscles, with a lot of uh, tension and headaches and migraines. So this all comes out. And when I pause and say, Hannah, how am I doing? She just goes, oh, girl. You have no idea how well you're doing. And I'm like, so you've repeated all of the patterns again is what I've been, I'm being told. And that this time, you only do it to a certain point in your life, but everything changes. You wake up. And she goes, yes. <laughs> so I was super happy that the past life her spirit chose to show 
completely showed her that she repeated the pattern again. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you continue, you just keep going. And I said, okay. So when I go back and I say to the guides, so show me the current life. I'd like to see the current life. Like, yes, I already understand that. So don't re-show that again. Show me and, and what, and what did she do? And her spirits, her spirit guides, Kelly, they're like, they're, they're doing the dance. (laughs) And I think how adorable that is, that her spirit is doing this happy dance. And her spirit says, well, she left that marriage. She did try her very hardest to learn in it. She tried um, therapy. She, she read books. She did everything that she could. And her husband kept saying, I, I don't read. I don't believe in therapy. So she recognized after years of living in that, that, okay, um, I can't make you change. Mm-hmm. I can't control you. I don't want to anymore. I don't, I don't want this over-responsibility, over-accountability, and the control that it means. I don't want it. Because it means that I don't know who you are, and you don't know who I am underneath all of this. We've, lo- we've lost ourselves so much that this really is, I'll say, a surface love, or servitude, or convenience, or routine, Or pattern. I don't know. I would throw the word convenience in there. Uh, Well, for him. (laughs) Um, And and maybe to some degree to her as well, right? These are patterns, so it's convenient to be in them. But she broke all of those patterns, and so she left, and she had to restart her life to figure out who am I. If I take away the over-accountability and I show up at the friend group and I don't show up with all the stuff anymore, if I don't organize, then who will pick it up? So I said to the guides, how'd that thing go with the friends? <laughs> I said, I want a good affirmation here. What happened? And they went, her friends stepped up to the plate. Her friends, when she left the marriage, went, oh, finally. But they also recognized, wow, finally means that she won't be the same person. This will give us an opportunity to change too. We're not going to lose her as our friend. We're going to grow up with her. Cute. Isn't that adorable? Yeah, because I think a lot of friends in that in that situation might think, um, well, first that the they are experiencing potential loss, yeah. that this role in their group is not being filled. But I know too that you know there are some very compassionate friends where if they don't feel like they can push you to do the growing, Hannah, yeah, then they might sit there and think, well, she needs this. Yes. She needs she needs to be able to go out, get out of her house, and look for a fun gift for one of our friends. Right. She needs this role to feel secure. And that part is just as true sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Until you get to that point that Hannah did where it's like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Or never mind, I can't. She's very capable of saying I can. Yeah. Um, she will want to. That's right. So... So then her spirit explained that. I'm just going to wrap that up a little bit neatly and say that she validates this for me so that I don't repeat what she validates. And you can see in her demeanor, um, and I'll say the twinkle in her eye, (laughs) the smile on her face, the energy that she has, that she's aware that she had these patterns and she's aware that she's moved through them. 
and that she's broken, she's broken these things. She just didn't know it was called breaking patterns. She was just getting it done. She was just doing the work. And um, she says, what else do you get about that? So when I look at the soul contract, I tell her that she's here to break those patterns. So she does pick a family unit with oh, the oh, same sorry. type of issues. Hang on. I just want to spell it out for listeners because you started by saying that you that she let you go open mm-hmm. and you got sucked into the mm. past life. Right. And it, it's difficult because I, I want you to be able to tell a very fluid story, but I also want them to be able to hear the dynamics of what you just did throughout the session because you went into the past lives, asked the guides what pieces were still relevant, asked which ones she worked on and is overcoming in order to have affirmations, to even let her trust the information about the past life being true. Then now you're talking about now looking at a soul contract so that she can understand the past life even more, but still have relevance in this life. And understand why all of this happened in this lifetime. Yeah. And and I point that out because if someone sat down and went, oh, cool, a past life story today. Yes. However, also a soul contract story. And patterns. Same, same. Yes. But we we do list it in consent. Which, oh, interesting. I don't use the word patterns in consent. Oh, I do. Okay. I okay. would put that under psychic. Yeah, Because okay. they're pointing out something that's happening currently, which I've put under the category of psychic. But it's neat to hear you say that. Oh, I like to point out to people that I specifically ask what their patterns are mm. so that we can address them. And, and I do believe that helps people if they are in therapy mm-hmm. or they are just in any, any way in their life looking at relationships and what's working and what isn't working. Mm-hmm. So her spirit guide showed the, those records and um, for the patterns, mm-hmm. and said that she had picked this family many times um, to finish this. And I think, okay. So she moves through that. She walks away from her family. She walks away from the parents um, and all of the siblings. And I don't mean that it's no contact entirely. I mean she walks away to create her own life. She doesn't have to go there for Christmas. She doesn't have to go there for um, all of these occasions or drop in to the, and visit the people, the, all these people in her family all the time. She breaks a lot of the patterns in that regard. So if everybody's supposed to show up at the mom's house for Christmas and she's supposed to do certain things, she just doesn't do them, or sometimes she doesn't go. Mm-hmm. And when they question that, um, she she just says, well, I'm doing my own thing. I'm having my family or I'm going to a girlfriend's place or I'm going away or I'm sitting at home reading a book. I'm creating what I want out of Christmas. It isn't going to be the same anymore. I'm picking and choosing things. And her siblings tend to stay structured to what mom and dad created as the routines and the celebrations. And she creates new ones for her and her own children and her own friend groups. Um, Now, having said that, some of her siblings are okay with it. And some of them don't say much, but they're not actually okay. So there's some conflict there that doesn't really get addressed directly. And she goes, you need to go down that road. And I said, okay. So I said to the guides, what does she mean? Who? 
what? What's happening? What is she not saying to me? And one of the guides said, well, she's referring to um, a couple of her sisters that she was close to, and everything's just drifted apart, that while she's tried to create her own life, they took it as, I'm just not interested in her anymore. And because she's breaking away from these traditions, and I'm sticking to them, I'm not going to bother reaching out at the end of the day at Christmas or Boxing Day and say, and how was your Christmas? They just don't call. They just figure if she's not participating, mm. she's, she's gone. And so she has to say, well, wait a minute. I didn't die. I didn't die. Yeah, I didn't die. <laughs> this isn't no contact. What the hell is going on? Mm. But their behavior is such that if you go back to the childhood that she cooked, she cleaned, she, she took care of them. She met their needs and they never considered taking care of her needs mm-hmm. or figuring out what she wanted or what she needed. And so you see the pattern from childhood present itself all the way through their lives. Mm-hmm. And so they just think, oh, well, I'm here at mom's or I'm doing this with my family. She's not here. Oh, well. But the, underneath it, Kelly, there's a little bit of anger because she should have been here to cook the meal. She should have been here to do the dishes. She should have been here to do these things. She's not here. So even though nothing is really said, there's anger. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no dealing with the anger. And so she looks at me and she goes, that is the key thing I've heard. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, that's it. That's it for me. That was worth the whole fee. That was worth the whole effort of sitting here and listening and everything that you've just done for me in terms of connecting to my spirit. I can't thank you enough. Mm. And I said, oh, really? And she goes, yeah. She goes, it explains to me all of the feelings that I've had, all of the doubts that I've had, all of the questions in my mind, things gone unanswered. Like, okay. You know, so Christmas is past or something. Nobody calls. Nobody says, how was my Easter or Christmas? If I call them, they tell me about theirs, but they don't even ask me about mine. If I call, if I call them and go, so how was your Christmas? Oh, it's great. We all went to mom's. We all did this. She goes, I know that stuff because I did that for decades. She listened though. She asked. And then there was nothing. And how was yours? And how are your kids? And what was yours like? Mm-hmm. So this whole thing of her just serving, I'll say, or being there in their lives to suit certain purposes that were instigated with the parents and how the whole family treated her right from childhood plays out right into their 60s. Yep. And for, you know, for some of her siblings that are younger and some that are older, and they know it deep down that they're angry. They know it. But they don't want to talk about it or address it. So she goes, so do you have anything else to say about that? All of our listeners are hovering over the narcissism. <laughs> Come on, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo listeners, pardon me. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, they, they're trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I said, they actually are hoping that it's hurtful. And she goes, why would they want to hurt me after the fact that all during our life, I've done all these things for them? 
because you stopped. But how hard is it to understand that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That because you did all these things, you would have thought appreciation or reciprocation, and instead they're angry, it doesn't continue till we're dead. And so she says to me, where do I go with that? And I said, right into your own life. Mm-hmm. And I said, the, the happy dance with the guides that you created healthier relationships. You created friendships with all of that now. You do have people in your life, including your children, friends, neighbors, everybody, where they do reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And you expect it. And if you don't receive it in a healthy way, you know that's not a healthy relationship. You're the one that grew. You're the one that developed. You're the one that uh, grew your soul, grew your emotional intelligence, your spiritual growth, all of it. You learned to set boundaries. You, you stepped out of those patterns and into a healthier life. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so happy. I was so happy to do this session for her, to help her understand it, and for her to just sit in it and have somebody witness it. And I, so I said to her, Hannah, how does it feel to have a person witness your life? And she goes, who? <laughs> and I said, me, Karen Sarlo. I said, what, me? I just witnessed mm-hmm. what your parents put you through as a child. Your spirit is saying it's witnessed it. Your spirit guides have witnessed it. You have a human that's witnessed it. Even though you don't know me, I witnessed your life. Your, your truth. Yes. The whole truth of the, what your family, what everybody created, including you, and how you chose to change it all and get healthy in so many ways. And I said, and, and your back speaks to the truth that doesn't hurt anymore. And you don't get headaches and you don't get migraines. You, your health has changed? And she goes, yeah, yeah. So then the guide said to me, take a pen and paper and just jot a couple of things down for her. And I said, okay, so I've rewritten it here in my notes and I'm going to read it. And I sent them to her um, at the end of the session with her consent. The guide said the following to her. And it had to do, Kelly, with, with what she had gone through with the family and that part of the early part of the contract in her childhood. And then all of it after that, they said that she had lived an excellent life. And you could see like that she could agree a little bit, but it was like, yeah, okay, but like, what the heck? And they said because she had broken patterns in her um, thought patterns from lifetime to lifetime, but also in her biology, Hmm. that she had changed her illnesses for good in what she had done, and that she had learned to overcome her fears in this current lifetime of leaving, um, I'll say, her family to some degree in, I'm afraid to be lonely, I'm afraid nobody will love me, who will take care of me, um... Who am I without my family? She stepped into all of the fears and said, I'll figure it out as I go. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do this. Some, some other people might come into my life and help me, but maybe for periods of time, there will be nobody. 
And maybe being alone is just what I need to do. Because in being with no one or very few people, maybe I will have to figure some things out then too. She was also afraid um, of what society would believe of her if she said that she didn't hang out with her brothers and sisters or her parents. If that, you know, if they said, What are you doing for Christmas? And she said, Oh, I'm staying home or I'm going to read a book or whatever, that they would think, What? And that she would be judged. And so she said it anyway. And some of them judged anyhow. And she just sat there at first in discomfort, but eventually she got to, Well, that's your discomfort, not mine. I like reading. Or this is what I'm choosing to do. I'm not suffering, I'm choosing. I'm not being punished. I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. So she, dis- she, she grew up enough to be able to make her own choices instead of just doing what society um, told her to do or what she thought society wanted her to do. She was using her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she was using her intuition. And because she was spending more and more time on her own, she actually had time to figure out what her own spirit was trying to say to her. She wasn't keeping busy. Isn't that cool? Sounds like an excellent life. Yeah. Um, she was allowing herself to be vulnerable in all of this. And she was watching her siblings. She was becoming a better observer. She was becoming better at saying, I'm uncomfortable with what this means. Mm-hmm. You know, does this mean that they didn't really love me? Does this mean they don't? Does this mean they're not capable? Does this mean they're narcissists? Does this mean I was a people pleaser? Does this mean, like, she just took the time to say, what does this mean? And then she sat in that discomfort and said, yeah, if that means that about them and it means this about me, I guess I better work on that about me. Instead of thinking, I just got to get back in the relationship so that things can go back to normal. Mm -hmm. So she waited until her new normal was a place she enjoyed being. And she says it took her a good decade to get there. But all along the way, she had the most beautiful experiences and the most peaceful, and I thought that was really interesting, the most peaceful experiences as well. I want to note that while you're saying that she took a decade to get to her favorite place, and you can correct me if it's not appropriate for me to share, like the same is true for you, but at every year in that decade, you were thrilled. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's really important for people to hear because yeah. they might sit there and go, no, no, I can't wait a whole decade to be happy. Oh. It's like, no, no, we're just at the best place we've been in 10 years. Yeah. But in year one, you know, after having walked out of that situation for 12 months, your new normal looks pretty damn good. Constantly. And then you get ballsy <laughs> and, you, and you, you get more adventurous and playful and curious. And then year two, in comparison to year one, looks 10 times more fun. So it doesn't take 10 years to find happiness. Yeah. It's that you find all of the pieces along the way. And, and how exciting can it be if you're thinking that at year one, oh my God, this is the best it's ever been. And then at year two, oh my God, it can't get better than this. I've finally 
you know, I finally got there to know that that's going to happen at least eight more times. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or 38 more times or whatever it is, right? And, and I think, you know, Kelly, now, now that you and I are just chatting about it, I think about her coworkers. I think about mm-hmm. how, or her neighbors or her friends or, but I particularly think about coworkers who watch her over a period of 10 years totally change from the first type of employee that they knew to this newer person. Mm-hmm. And what that might have done for her career. I don't know because it didn't come up in the session about career. It oh, We didn't have time for that. Um, but just, the, just I, I just think of the, of the beauty of watching somebody change like that. Mm-hmm. And then I think of the statements, well, nobody ever changes. Can't change a leopard spots or, you know, I don't know what those sayings are. I'm not good at repeating sayings. But um, the, inferring that you can't change a person. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, well, that's true. You can't change a person if they're not willing to change and they don't want to work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody who has any inkling of wanting to make a change, they will find every podcast, every book, every therapist. They will trudge through therapy if they have the wrong therapist 10 times until they find the right one on the 11th. If somebody wants it, they will work. Mm-hmm. They will, they will find and do. They will listen to the podcast. They will do whatever they got to do. They will, they will leave a friend group. They will do anything. Yep. Yeah. I good love her story. Yeah, good for Hannah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's the story for today. That's a great start to the day. Isn't it? I hope I, go, I, hope I get to hear from Hannah many times. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, I think I feel like that about a lot of clients. Mm. You get, you get this beautiful connection with them. You get to hear their whole story in a half hour or in an hour. And, be, and because of our gifts, you and I get to know them so intimately, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then they're gone. And, and you, you do move on to the next client and you get the very same, or you get sometimes the very same thing. But I wonder sometimes when you and I die, if we're going to meet all these people and go, hey, how did it go? But with a memory this time yeah. to ask them. I think that's how teachers feel. Oh, yeah. Or a nurse or a or doctor. mentors. Yeah. yeah. I think hopefully many people who have cultivated empathy yes. feel that way. Yes. You know what? We and should I, say everybody. I, I think that's why people say that, you know, even though we don't know for certain as people are saying about what happens on the other side, that they want to attend their own funeral because yeah. they want to see how their life and the way that they lived affected other people. Right. And why when they do pass away, they still hang out with us because they still care enough to know mm-hmm. how they're hurting us or impacting us in good or negative ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, thank you. Yeah, you too. Okay. Um, And thank you to all of our listeners, no matter where you're listening from today. um, We so appreciate you being here. Uh, If you are wanting early access to Coffee with the Sarlows, you can join us on patreon.com slash by or backslash by Sarlow, pardon me. And if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at by Happy Saturday. (music) 